I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The last stretch of the WNBA season is here, and each game couldn't be more important. It's time that we discuss. like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Winsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content on winsider.com. That's winsider.com. And remember, downloading this episode makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work. And one quick reminder before we get into the episode, if you want to sponsor an episode of the Winsider Show, please shoot us an email, info at winsider.com. Rachel, we're back. How you doing? Uh, you're back stateside. <laughs> You've traveled, uh, I don't know how many places you went to, but I've become very jealous of your uh, Olympic break photos. And I, I really didn't travel that much. I mean, I, I did get to go to Spain, which was a huge blessing for me. Um, I had not been able to be in Europe for close to two years, which is crazy um, to think about you know, it being a place that I, I obviously spend a lot of time in. So it was great. I was able to go to Spain. I was able to watch some of the European championships under 16s and um, just got back less than a week ago. And really, it was right on time just for the WNBA season to resume. So kind of like the rest of you guys, you know, I mean, obviously, it's a lot's happened in the last month or so since you know the olympic break and um a ton to look forward to in, in terms of playoff time but just happy to be back happy to be able to talk some hoops um but i'm good i'm really good well we gotta talk i mean late last night i don't i forget what time zone you're mountain time if that's a real <laughs> thing um <laughs> but late night a couple we'll, we'll just start off you know a lot has happened over the past uh what week since games started again? Games started, I want to say, like on Saturday or something. Commissioners Cup on Wednesday, or maybe the first game was on on Sunday. Sunday, whatever. Yeah. It's a blur. It doesn't matter. It's WNBA season twenty twenty one point two or point whatever. But NECA with a classic NECA put back to beat the Atlanta Dream as uh, time was basically about to expire. Just like a classic NECA move. Glad mm-hmm. to see her doing that type of stuff. Like, it wasn't the flashiest. It was a classic NECA was in the right position and made the heady play. And yeah. I don't think... I wish that would have been her first game back because that was the most, like, NECA Gumake play of all time. <laughs> like, it was flashbacks to that finals win. Um, yeah. So props to that. The LA Sparks on a three-game win streak against, um, you know two other teams that are accompanying them in the bottom four of the league. So not going to be too hyped on that. Speaking of another bottom dwelling team, the Indiana fever, uh, right. You know, and people were all hyped going into the Olympic break. They're on like what a three game win streak, you know, Rachel's yeah. texting me, check out my, my team, you know, my hometown team, they're looking <laughs> good. We're talking a little smack. And then like a week before we come back, there's an announcement that half the team is injured and or on personal leave and is not coming back. So that kind of took the excitement out of that. Well, it was almost like, it was almost like the break, like obviously you're headed into break and you're, you're on a three game win streak for the fever was, was huge. But then it's like, you know, 
you're feeling good during the break and you're able to enjoy your break as a franchise in some degree, but then, yeah, then, then a lot goes down and, and you kind of get brought back down to earth with the second part of the season and back to kind of the sparks. I mean, I think obviously having NECA back is a huge shot in the arm. No one's going to argue that it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see this team. Yeah. Tolliver too. Like, like it more of a normal capacity of what they should be. You know, we, we, we've talked about the teams that have been hindered by injuries the most this season and LA, in my opinion, has to be at the top of the list. Now, you know, am I, you know, jump in for joy and like ready to like lose my mind over the fact that they beat the dream and the fever. No, but I do think it's a good, it's a good little bit of confidence for this team. And, and like, you have to be approaching it of as like, Hey, you know, we're in the second portion of the season. And like, now we've got more of our team here. Like we could really make a run and do something. And, you know, like I, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what this team can do with a little bit of confidence in the coming weeks. Yeah. And you know, as crazy as it sounds, um, a couple players on this roster would have like, doubling their playoff experience so you know as much as i might be a satanist uh pessimist whatever you want to call it (laughs) like about this team like no there's positives to get out of it you're not winning a championship fine but you also have to be realistic of the fact that you built this roster you know whatever pieces you're planning on keeping for the future there's like two people on this roster who have in-depth playoff experience Mm -hmm. so like, yeah, it's great Tolliver and NECA are back and they can help push this team hopefully to the playoffs. But I would say more important is less about how far in the playoffs they go. It's just getting, you know, the Erica Wheelers. Amanda Zowie B has probably a little bit from New York. Um, but just getting these players some real actual playoff experience, that's going to be uh, the important thing. And to what you were saying about the fever, you know, I'm the whole time you were talking about it, all I could think of is there's going to be some article that comes out during the offseason. That is going to be like the fever were on a three game win streak and then injuries derailed their <laughs> right, season or right. something like that. And that it's narrative. Like, yeah. yeah, right. But, and, and, but hey, props to the fever for being able to at least have that narrative because earlier in the season it looked like they wouldn't even yeah, have that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And hey, shout um, out to Christy Tolliver, who was named assistant the Dallas Mavericks. Incredible news. That's awesome. Yeah. I think we all yeah. know she deserves to be in the coaching industry. Um, yeah. My God, super super big news. Honestly, yeah. Uh, You know me. I'd I'd prefer to see uh, these amazing female coaches. Yep. Former WNBA players in the NBA anywhere. Personally, I'm I'm biased and and like a very uh, selfish person, so I want them in the W because I don't think the NBA deserves them. Um, But, (laughs) hey, they deserve to cash out. Let's talk about the Minnesota Lynx, my hometown team. Came out flat against the Sun twice after a nice late victory over – uh, the New York Liberty to to stretch their seven game win streak going into the break to eight games coming out of the break, but then just you know both games and I was talking with uh, Donnie Barlavi, our Lynx beat reporter uh, over at Windsider, and we had very similar feelings. Just that the negative aspects of their early season play was really starting to creep back into these last two games. The positive of it is they played really bad, but easily could have won both games right. if they played just a little bit better. Demir Stantis, you know, we saw again Demir Stantis being a bystander when we've talked so much about her being the if factor that really I, gets yeah. the whole yep. oiled machine rolling. And then the negative is that, you know, we got stifled. And like I said, we're seeing the same issues as early in the season. But Rachel, your Connecticut son, <laughs> I, I will say they're number one in the standings right now, thanks to two wins over the Lynx. Um, but 
if I'm going to be fair, if I'm going to be honest, like, I was not... You know, like, when you watch a really good defense, sometimes it gets hard to tell what part of it is the defense and what part of it is the other team not... Like, there was aspects where I was like, wow, this defense is in the head of Minnesota, and that's why they're doing unforced errors. But then there was times where I'm just like, Minnesota's just throwing the ball away. Like, it's not, like... Like, yeah, talk to me. I, I mean, I, I, I am really high on the sun and what they've been able to do defensively. I think that they are in the position that they are in right now solely on their discipline and the fact that this is such a well-coached team and they give themselves a chance night in and night out on how disciplined they are and how, how well they game plan and the chemistry that's amongst this team. The issue, the issue for me, I mean, look, look, at, look, at, the, look at the game the other night against Minnesota. You know, you had you had Dewana Bonner and John Quill Jones combined for fifty one of their eighty two points. You know, like it was so it's so top heavy in terms of the scoring at times, and that's the part that's that's. And I, I mean, I've said it before. This is the part one, the depth with this team. We know they're playing with fewer numbers, and then two, in 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 the long term game in a playoff series, do they have enough? You know, scoring offensively to be able you know, to hang with the other teams. But, but the fact that, I mean, they're putting up points They're They scored 82, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a respectable number. It's not like they're limping by in the early seventies and stuff, but they give themselves a chance because of what they do defensively. And, you know, you made a point like, Oh, Minnesota's just like throwing the ball around. I mean, they did only finish with 10 turnovers, but that's what a good defense will do. It may not rear its head as deflections or just flat out steals or just, you know, lockdown plays you know, you have to understand like a team that's taking you out of certain actions that you want to run gets in your head and it gets you uncomfortable and it makes it so there's not a flow into the game and it makes that team play in a way that they don't want to play. Um, and and for us as, as just fans or um, outsiders looking in, <clears throat> that's that's not always super apparent, you know, because you'd have to know the inner workings of both teams and, you know, exactly the type of action that Minnesota is trying to run and you know, it's a whole other thing. So I'll just kind of chill on that point. But I, I think that Connecticut deserves a ton of credit for here we are, August 20th. They're tied with first place with a depleted roster without one of the best players in the league <laughs> and one of the, the, the cogs of this team, um, Alyssa Thomas. I mean, imagine if she was playing with the, where, we, where we would be. So it's a huge testament to Connecticut. I think in the long run, do they have enough to be able to sustain a playoff? I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying that. That's going to be the question that we're not going to know till we go through that playoff. But, yeah, I mean, Connecticut defensively, they've given themselves a chance, and they do. They, they, they're so disruptive, and they're, they're so frustrating. To Minnesota, you know, I mean, this is a team that has – they're in position, you know, like – like, it's kind of like you don't know what team's going to show up in some ways, you know, and maybe that's not a fair assessment when you're playing teams like Connecticut, because that's a hell of a test. Connecticut has done that to almost everyone that they've played against, right? Like, like they make you look like a different team. That's their entire strategy. But, you know, yeah. Minnesota, it's kind of like, which team's going to show up? Is it the team that struggled earlier in the season? Is it the team that got it going? But they're still in that striking distance, you know, to be to be clicking again and you know, you're three and a half games back. The, 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 it's, it's definitely a top three team at this point. But like, like I said, striking position in terms of playoffs, playoff positioning, that's important. Yeah, well, and, and I would add to that is one thing is you look at the Connecticut team, the history they have together, right? Yes, Toronto Bonner's only been there for two years. 
but like to have that experience versus this Lynx team where they're having such key players are new to this field, new to this team, I think is a huge thing. But there was something that was brought up, which I thought, you know, whether or not we're going to say this is why Minnesota lost. I don't agree that this is why Minnesota lost. I think Minnesota lost because they didn't take advantage of the plentiful options of turnovers from Connecticut. But a great interesting point uh, was kind of exacerbated uh, during the press conferences last night, ending the game where Cheryl Reeve Free and Jason Collier, yep, and, and some other people just wouldn't answer questions because they were so upset about this. Um, I believe like Sill and Fee like didn't get to the line or maybe they got to the line once in the game and all the stats in front of me. What I do have in front of me is just a few players um, throughout the season, how many times they've gotten to the line. Just they got they got there camp. five times between the two of them, Collier and Fowles, which is just ridiculous sure. considering where Fowles is the whole game and well, how much. Fees yeah, yeah. Going. I mean, you've got you've got close to twenty shot attempts, which should be more, in my opinion. But oh, definitely. You know, between the two of them, it needs to be more. But to be granted, well, what I saw was interesting was that like Fee was shying out because she wasn't getting the calls, so she was settling for worse percentage mid range jumpers. As opposed to attacking the basket, sure, sure, sure. which, yeah. you know, obviously you're playing against John Paul Jones. You're going to be afraid to do that. But just to run down some numbers, uh, so far this season, Bonner has gotten to the line 105 times. John Paul Jones, 79 times. Tina Charles, 106. Griner, 106. Asia, 150. Stewie, 113. Skyler, 144. And basically everyone else, 90 and above when you're talking about Tiffany Mitchell, um, Dierica Hanby, Elizabeth Campbeige, Vanessa Laney, Enrique, uh, Ariel Atkins, Tierra McCowan, Tiffany Mitchell. That's actually crazy that McCowan's gotten there that many times considering her minutes. But then you look at Fee and Sill, and they are by far the worst on this whole Which list. Of 76 yeah. and 73 times. That, that's just ridiculous to me. And I have noticed that Sill just hasn't been getting calls and has been playing amazing, which is like, shocking to me mm-hmm. that she hasn't been getting more calls but you know I'm not going to say that's why they lost but it is an interesting aspect to bring up uh talking about another top team the seattle storm Ooh. noel quinn the head coach decides hey we're going to sit stewie and bird for two games i feel confident in this team uh stewie you know we don't want it too much we got a load management sue's getting up there in age they drop both games one in <clears> overtime <throat> Uh, one towards the end of the the game, it really uh, really ended. But I mean, look, you look at this game, <laughs> you look at this team, and the fact that they're able to keep up with basically Jewel Lloyd orchestrating wow. the whole orchestra is a huge positive, and I think just builds for the rest of the season. I mean, I think they've made it clear that the top dogs in this league, even if they're not sitting number one in the standings, for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, first off, Jewel Lloyd's playing incredible. Um, you know, this is not the depth we have, we are used to seeing on the Seattle storm, obviously Sammy Whitcomb, um, Natasha Howard. So it, it is different. So when, when you're taking Sue Burden, hello, Brianna Stewart off the, off the roster and they're, they're not competing, obviously this team is vastly different. And, but like, like, like you said, to still be in these games, the way you've been and, and Jewel Lloyd taking on the load that she's been able to take is incredible. Um, have we heard, you know, like tonight Seattle's playing New York. Have we heard, I don't think I've seen anything about whether they're going to sit or not. I would imagine they would. Have you heard? 
I have not seen anything yet, yeah. but if we see anything, I'll edit it in. You know, and I think that, like, it's it's completely valid. I think it's smart. I think that that rest for those two Olympians. And... It, it sounds like they will play just based off of the initial injury report. They okay. are not listed on it. And in the past, they have been listed for rest. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you know, I mean, taking a couple taking a couple hits and you're still in that top position to, to rest your two best players, like, yeah. You know, it's smart. This is, I don't, I don't think you can criticize that decision at all. So. Oh no, not at all. I mean, it just, it, it's a pretty easy, if you can, like, again, you look at these teams, you know, where Seattle's going to be, they're going to be a top three team. There's no reason to risk injury. You can rest for a few games, not a big deal. And then you look at the Las Vegas aces. I mean, just my two cents, they beat the mystics twice, but honestly mystics, like the story's bigger about the Mystics, right? Like the Aces, we know who they are. We know what their questions are, whether or not they're going to be able to sustain consistent success with Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson. Are we going to see the, you know, which which version of that pairing are we going to see? And can this team pull off a victory against, you know, the Sun and or the Seattle Storm? That's the question. But for me, the Mystics are the bigger thing, right? Like they just, and, and I watch a lot of their games, my wife's a season ticket holder, is a big Mystics fan. They are two completely different teams in the first half and second <laughs> half of a game. They play so well in the first half, and you're like, wow, Tina Charles, MVP. And then you watch the second half, and I'm just like, miss me with that, right? They're ranked 10th in the, their 10th seed right now. Tina's not an MVP. She's playing really good on a bad team. Like, that's just where I'm at with this season. Yeah. I mean, what Tina Charles is doing is incredible, but Tina has to do what she's doing to even give some opportunity of success for this team. And it's, 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 it's a depleted roster. They don't, they're not at full strength. Like they might be able to inch through a couple wins, you know, if they continue with this, but like for me, an MVP again, from a numbers perspective, yes, she deserves to be in that conversation, but this team is sitting at 10th place in the league you know, like they're going to have to make some serious jumps up this, up these standings and a, quite a run in the playoffs in order to be considered, in my opinion. Like, like an MVP is more than just numbers that are being put up for me. Well, also, if you're going to be on the 10th ranked team, you're not even averaging a double-double. Like, sorry, miss me with that MVP talk. That, that's just not happening in my book. I'm done with it. <laughs> Moving on. Like, I'm just so sick of it. Okay, so she's putting up a ton of points. <laughs> Why wasn't Enrique the MVP the other year? Like, come fair, on. Fair, um, fair. Chicago, your hometown team, one of your hometown teams. I tweeted this out. I feel like you agree with me on this. This guy have the players and personnel to win it all. Defense hasn't been there. Consistency and just multiple game. Even in that seven-game win streak, I wasn't like, this is a championship team. I just haven't seen multiple full games uh, where I'm very impressed by them. And for me, it's just basically, if I'm a Sky fan, I'm hoping that they hit a hot streak yeah. right before the playoffs and just where, whatever seed they're at, they run it through and they go as far as they can. I, like, I think that you're no longer like, you know, the typical, let's try and get a top four seed or a top three seed. You're at the point where, yeah, you might be able to get a top four seed, maybe even a top three, but mostly your focus is on making that deep run. Well, and I just defensively, you know, like, against Dallas the other night, you know, it's just like you need a few more stops. You've got to be able to rely on your defense to pull you through. And, you know, I just, 
at this point where we're at right now, you know, the Connecticut Sun, the Las Vegas Aces, the Seattle Storm have separated themselves as the very clear top three players in this league right now. And then there's kind of like this secondary tier of like, what ifs, right? But there's so many question marks. And for me with Chicago, like I echo everything you say, like, yeah, we all know they have the talent, but have they shown at any point this season that they're a true contender? To me, no, they have not. Um, I think we're all just waiting to see like, can they hit that hot streak? Can they get that momentum? Can they get those gritty stops at the end of the game that are required to win some of these close games, you know? And, and, you know, I, I, it's just, it's just kind of been a, I feel like the, the, the Chicago sky season has been a disappointment so far because again, you have these expectations and you have this hope that this team can be what we all believed they, they might be able to be, but then they just kind of fall short at times. So again, that, that doesn't mean they can't get on a streak. It's just like Minnesota, you know, like they're still in okay position. They're 500, which is a perfect analogy to kind of what their season has been half good, half bad. You don't really know what team you're going to get. So yeah, I'm with you on it. Before we do our last segment, I just want to remind you, if you want to sponsor an episode of the Windsider show, or sponsor something else, a different aspect of the Windsider Aria. Network. Sponsor Aria. Yeah, spon- sponsor me, sponsor <laughs> Rachel, whatever it is. Uh, email us, info at Windsider.com. Well, if you're trying to sponsor me, just info or, or email Aria at Windsider.com. But Windsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation. We can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber at Patreon.com backslash Windsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can help grow the game. Rachel, it's going to be quite simple, right? It's Friday today. I thought it was yep. Thursday for a second. Yep. We got a palette of six games. Let's go. From, from publish until the start of next week. Yep. So the, no game on Monday, all right? We got Storm Liberty. Let's just run it down. Pick them real quick. Storm Liberty, uh, from my understanding, it does seem like the bigs are playing. But who knows? You know, I don't know. I, Liberty, we didn't really get a chance to talk about them much. They're 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 still that team that's like, I'm interested to watch them. Like, they excite me. Yes. Especially when you throw Natasha Howard back in there. So it's kind of like, this could be a toss-up. I mean, for many reasons. We don't know who else playing. But um, I'm going to like, I don't know. Maybe I'll get crazy here and just go with New York. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'll make it. A that's a bold. Job. That's a bold. That's a really bold take. Because I, I would say New York, if... Uh... If Stewie and Bird don't play, but if Stewie and Bird play, I think it's pretty clear who I'm going with. <laughs> Wing, wings, Fever, Wings actually have a roster. I'm going Wings. I'm going Dude. Wings. Dream Mercury on Saturday, uh, a lunchtime matinee, 12 p.m. Eastern. Mercury versus the Dream. I'm, I'm going Mercury. Mercury, BG's playing extremely well right now. She, somebody lit a fire under her during it. those Olympics. And I and exactly, people love to think that Rachel and I hate BG because we always are Ooh, critical I want, of her. I want the dominant BG like exactly, all the time, you know? Exactly. Like, she's <laughs> honestly, she is, like, if she continues to play this well for the rest of the season, she's creeping into that MVP talk. She'll be yeah. the number Why not? three player in my sure. mind in the MVP talk. Sure. Um, Link's Sky. Hmm, this is an interesting one. I have an easy pick for this. I'm going Sky. Although, I'm good because I'm going Lynx. We'll go hometown. <laughs> I I find it very hard to bet against the Lynx after a loss. I sure. didn't. But granted, they did just lose two in a row. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Sunday, you got Sparks versus Liberty. Who are you going with? 
you know, because now it's like, okay, LA's like really going to be tested, right? Like they're not playing Atlanta and, and Fever. Not to say that those wins are not valid. They're they're valid. They're wins. They got on the score sheet, but we know what you're saying. I mean, I'm going to mix it up. I'm saying Sparks. Cool, because I'm going Liberty. Oh my God, this is going to really separate our, our predictions this year. There we go. And then Whew. Storm versus Mystics Storm. on Sunday, the day before the Seattle Storm. But well, wait a minute, is this the one that they changed the time because people were thinking, ooh, maybe Elena could be back? Is this the one? Uh, possibly. Yes, I believe they changed it. Now it's on ESPN. So the so... assumption is... I, I, I'll i be honest, I don't even care if Elena's I know. back. Well, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like... Because at this point, you have to, you have to imagine that Seattle's going to be a full strength. And even if Elena is back, which... Please, God Almighty, let her come back. We all miss her. Oh my God, to see her back on the court would be such a such a such a treat. But yeah, I mean, regardless, she still has to get back into it. So yeah. Seattle, Seattle. Um, all right. Let's let me just write. I'll write these down now. But <laughs> Rachel, thank you as always. Honestly, shocked. I felt like we went longer. Um, if anybody has any questions, thoughts, concerns, yeah, things they want us to talk about on the podcast. Shoot us a DM, shoot us a reply, whatever it is. And obviously, yeah, and obviously, you know, we're, we're all still getting very much back into it following the break. So I think after this weekend, we'll have even more to discuss probably Sunday night or Monday. So be on the lookout for that as well. Yep, and be on the lookout for uh, some stuff Rachel and I have been cooking regarding Uh-oh. the film room, but won't even Uh-oh. talk about that later. 